If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You are listening to Garden Talk on The Answer, KCBQ, and K-Praise. I am David Ross, along with just George Allman. Ken and Mark are having a much-deserved Saturday morning sleep-in separately. (laughs) Good morning, George. Good morning. This is a subset. The way I brought it in, I figured I'd better say it You need to qualify. Uh, Yeah, I should. Are we a subset? A subset of the Garden Talk team. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good so far. It's early. It is early. But it was a crystal clear morning. Until you got closer to the studio where it's very, very foggy and overcast. Yeah. I don't know if that's because you were near here or was it crystal clear where you came from? It was crystal clear where I came from as well. It was a beautiful morning. See the moon? About a half of one? You know what? I, I looked up. I did not see it. I, I'm, I'm, you don't know what to say. I do not know what which to is say. rare, but yeah, I will just let it go. Um, we had an interesting week. We had a little bit of weather this week, did we not? We had a touch of rain, but not enough to do much. Did you have people come in that said say they had not watered because of the rain or anything like I, that? I didn't, but you know, we were doing some irrigation at Capri's, and and we were thinking maybe I wouldn't have to dig as you know, with as much vigor because it might be soft, but that was not true. Well, it, it never, it didn't, you know, get enough rain down deep enough to do any anything. If your digging only involved the first quarter inch of the soil, it I, probably I, did help. I would say eighth of an inch. Eighth of an inch? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I did dig deeper and it was not, there was no moisture below an eighth of an inch. Okay. Yeah. But it's, you did feel the the ease at which your at tools that, went through the first eighth of an inch? When I dropped it, yes, yeah. It, it is interesting because it looks, you go out and walk in the yard, everything is dark. Everything, the soil right. looks wet and we just, it's overcast. It's cooler than it's been. And we've had a little bit of precipitation. So you think, oh, great. I don't have to water this week. You gather the firewood. You get ready to have a fire in the house because well, it's not, so cold I out. I, I damp. Didn't, no? Not. didn't go that far. Okay. But, but you're right. I mean, it did, it did seem like you wouldn't have to water. But? But you did. Because? Because there was not enough moisture, not enough rain, and particularly for pots, as we always say. Anything in a pot's going to need, you know, if it rains, we still have to water those pots. So it is your contention that the roots of most of your plants go down below the eighth of an inch that the water penetrated. That's unscientific. On my part, I haven't done, you know, detailed studies, Anecdotal. but I do believe they probably go a bit deeper than that eighth, perhaps even deeper You're, than the quarter of an inch I, that you were alluding to. I agree. What it did do, though, is I was able to put off watering a day or two. So it, it gave me a, a an extra day's water that I didn't have to expend, but it didn't take place. The overcast reduced the need. Right, right. And we had a couple of good days of overcast, and we might have a little bit more of that today, but the, the thunderstorms are staying further east. I, I, I like those. I were kind of hoping that we'd get some a little bit further this way. When I was younger, when they were coming up, I'd go to them. And I don't know why I didn't. This week, probably because I was working, but 
maybe this afternoon I'll take a drive out to the east. I like driving out into thunderstorms. I know that that's what intelligent people do. They drive towards silliness, but... When I lived in the south and, and where I grew up back east, I would sit at the front porch and just watch the thunderstorms. Yeah, it's that's wonderful. when they come to you. They we come can't to do you, that here. Right. You're not there anymore, George. I am You're not. You're here now. I am not. I, I did get... Do you remember Bill Nidzwicki? I do, our, yes. He uh, has retired from the landscape business and moved up to Idlewild or just up the hill from Idlewild and Pine Cove, and he sent video or posted video yesterday. They were getting significant thunderstorms up there, and there was... Uh, Flash flooding coming down the street. It looked really neat, and I would have I, liked to have been there. I recall him sending some, I believe, some photographs of some snow when he first moved up there last winter, perhaps. Yeah, it's a different season, but... Right. <clears throat> but, I, I was it, going, but my point was it was from him showing this new place that he was living in. We used to, as a group, um, go camping up at this same facility up in Pine Cove every summer. And it was so nice up there. So beautiful. And we didn't get any snow, and we I don't think we got any thunderstorms while, while we were up there. But neat, neat area just up the hill from, from Idlewild. One of my sons, who's an avid rock climber, goes up that way periodically to do some climbing. I'm supposed to go do that sometime. but Rock climbing? Uh, well, well, you're going to do some indoor rock climbing, bouldering with me one of these days when you... you you're just waiting for my... You, you want to watch my shoulder. Yeah. My shoulder just <laughs> crunched down. Um if you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. You want to share with what or have questions about what is going on in your yard or garden, we'd love to hear from you. Do we have any classes going on today, George? I do. So I believe that's your, we do. That's your department. That's my world. So yeah. down in San Diego at 9 o'clock, they're going to have Plumeria Care with Olivia. Now, do you grow Plumerias? Do you have any? I do have a few. Large container size, or what, how are you growing them? Actually, I have, you know, I, I, I go through cycles, and I used to have a lot of plumeria. And then I croaked most of them and got out of the plumeria business for a while, and now I, I have uh, probably one, two, half a dozen plants. I, I was thinking in your typical David manner, we're going to say I have some cuttings that are drying out in the garage that I brought home last year or something like that, so... I was very surprised to hear that they're actually growing. Well, may I finish my thought? <laughs> Please, In addition <laughs> to the half a dozen pots I have, there's a couple of cuttings that are drying been, up in the garage. Well, oh, okay. they're outside of the garage. They're in the shade, but yes, I do have okay. those. So, so I wasn't far Thank, off. No, you okay. weren't at all. Thank all you right. very much for pointing it out. And in in um, in Poway today at nine thirty, David and I are going to do a citrus class. And it was David originally, but he brought me in for comedic relief or to be the straight man, one or the other, to help him out. To help me out. Yeah. I, we had a we, lot of fun. fun. I had a lot of fun. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I enjoyed doing the Master Gardener Seminar with you. It, as it was a, enjoyable. It was a lot as of fun. As a wing, wing person. Yes. Yeah. And we, we could duke it out if it gets a little ugly, you know. No, you're trained. <laughs> I, I was thinking of my, my dad used to f- uh, box golden gloves in his youth, so I was thinking of bringing in his gloves from like the 30s or 40s, and, and we can use them in case we... If we, in case we need in them, are you going to bring two pair? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, can I put a brick in mine? You may, of course. Yeah, you're not worried. <laughs> so that's at 930 in Poway today. And it should be good. It should, should be, be fun. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about citrus coming up. But the So at Walter Anderson Nursery in Point Loma at 9 a.m., Plumeria, and at Walter Anderson Nursery in Poway at 930, Mutt and Jeff with citrus. Not sure who... What, Which what was the, the mutt? What, 
I remember being, I was having dinner at the, I think it was Cask and Cleaver in Rancho Bernardo with my grandmother many, many years ago. And our server, well, we had a training server, so the trainer was being followed around by somebody. And that was the first time I'd heard that expression. My grandmother quietly said to me for the entire restaurant to hear in her quiet voice, that I'm not sure which one's Mutt and which one's Jeff. So <laughs> you had a different one, right? You had a different pair of, and I, I admonished you and I was I, wrong. I, well, we said click and clack. Right? Yes. Right. But I, I thought you were the one that said click and clack. No, I was, I'm, I'm Mutt and Jeff okay. or Frick and Frack. That's right. I said click and clack. You said Frick and Frack. All right. right. So if you guys want to come have a, I don't know what it would be, and you're listening to an us old here. Ma- you, an old married couple you, picker. You probably don't want to hear us anymore after today, but if, I mean, after the hour has been spent here. But if you do, you can come visit us at Walter Anderson Nursery in Poway and listen to us do whatever. And, and just for planning for next week, because our two oh, good do classes. We have classes we have, next yeah, week? next week we have some two good classes in San Diego, How Orchids uh, Rebloom with Chuck McClung. And he's a local uh, gardener and a, an orchid guru, and he's done a number of classes for us before. Is he an author as well? He is an author as well who wrote the book, How Orchids Thank Rebloom, uh, which we sell in both our stores, I believe. Yes. And uh, he, he's a dynamic speaker, and he will teach you how to cook, to grow all the different orchids, and he does a great job. Uh, and then at 930 in Poway, we have Summer Vegetables with Richard Wright. All right. <clears throat> you know, today is the 31st of July, 2021, the last day of another month. And most of this year is already blowing past us. Very quickly. I cannot believe tomorrow's August. Kids are getting ready to go back to school. <laughs> or not. Or not, but at least in, in some way. That, yeah, the teachers are getting ready. Capri's getting ready to go back to teaching. So, I mean, it's, it's happening Good. quickly. It, and I it, hope they all get to go back to school. As school it day. should be. As life moves forward. I was going to. Oh, and the uh, next edition of the Walter Anderson Nursery newsletter will be coming out probably tonight or I, it tomorrow. was in my email this morning oh or this morning or this morning i okay. may have come out last night but and i didn't see it this if so- you miss the garden talk and are still looking for when and what are the, the classes are that are coming up it's in the newsletter as well as it's on our website as well right at the top there's a drop down that says classes and that's walteranderson.com and that's s-e-n walter anderson do you know what I have not received for a long time. So either nobody is sending my emails to the wrong address at S, the other one. S-O-S, yes. Or sir. the gentleman in Germany is no longer the nice gentleman in Germany that forwards me the wayward emails. Because I haven't gotten one from him for he's, years. He's probably put a blocker on and smart. stopped that. Smart man. Right. Very smart man. Um, what was, tell me again what next week's classes are, please. At uh, in San Diego, it is on how orchids rebloom. Oh, with Chuck, thank with you. Because you just listen, recited it, though. Sometimes that's what I was listen to the yeah. to the show, and so, or sometimes, yeah, sometimes I I'm don't. here and sometimes I'm not. That's that is that is correct. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number is 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. I um have seen a lot with this. You know, we had a little bit of overcast. We talked about a little bit of weather, but. Overall, it's been on the warm side. It has been. And even though I look at the map on the National Weather Service website every day, and it looks scary because of the dark colors indicating how hot it's going to be in the inland areas, they call it seasonable 
heat or seasonably warm, which means the upper 80s and low 90s are not unusual in this most of year, areas right. of San Diego in late July and August. Would you agree with that? I would agree. However, I think it's been milder lately. But it wouldn't be if you're looking at that map. No, you'd be frightened. Because the map yeah. scares me. Right. And it's not just because I'm easily frightened. I mean, I am, but that's not why. It didn't used to be that way. Do you care? You, no, no. Nodding, I, nodding at me is I, not helpful in a radio show. Well, George. no. What I was about to say is, I, I, I don't look at that in the same way you do. I mean, I look at the what's the ten day forecast. I don't look at the the scary. Not because I'm afraid. It's just I just look at the numbers. <laughs> I know that you you always have the maps up when I walk by. So okay, so the ten day forecast. I don't need all ten, but what are people going to be looking forward to this? Well, week? in San Diego proper. Not not the well, not along the coast where it's always in the seventies and well, maybe that's what low eighties. So seventy eight degrees today, seventy nine tomorrow. The high will be on Monday right now, and that's an eighty degree day. Okay, let's talk about people. Talk to people who live east of I five. So where, where most of our customers for the Poway store kind of live. Yes, sir. So right at the moment, it's only a, a, a nice sixty two up there. So I was hoping you would go forward into the week and tell I'm, them. I'm going to say that. So today, for example, you're going to need water. You're going to need to water your plants. It's going to be. 87, and the high that we were talking about for San Diego on Wednesday is going to be 91 in Poway. So that's gonna, warm. That's going to be that's... warmer. But even so, as I was saying, it, it has been warm, but it's been, it seems to be a little milder. It's cooler. The, the cloud cover has been making it a little bit more pleasant to be outside. On, on some of the worst days, it has not been as bad because we've had the afternoon And I prefer cover. to be outside even when it's hot. I, I think I have plant DNA. I need to be in the sun. I can't be inside for too long a period of time. I don't even like air conditioning. You don't? Oh, no. No, I'd rather be outside. Do you use AC in the car? Mm, not very often. You know, it could I be, do when there are other people in the car. It could be 90 degrees out or 90 plus out, and my mom hates the AC, yeah. so she doesn't want the AC on. But now that I have electric windows and door locks and things, and I'm driving usually, I can control that. So I don't know if that's unfair or not, but I, I don't... I, I don't understand. I'd rather sit outside under on a porch, on a patio, in the shade than inside with air conditioning. On the freeway on a hot summer day, do you have the windows open cruising down the road? Typically, or do you, I'll have well, the Well, you wind- don't drive on the freeway. Well, I do I do drive. I mean, I don't have to go very far, but when I do, I have the windows down typically. All right. I, I Okay. I like it quieter. And Anyway. I'm but different. We'll bicker about this and talk about <laughs> what the hot weather means a little bit more. Um If you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. You are listening to Garden Bicker on (laughs) KCBQ and K-Praise. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll talk about water and heat when we come back. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. 
to the garden party They all knew my name No one recognized me I didn't look the same But, but it's, it's all right all now right it's all right Welcome now. back to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and K-Praise. I am David Ross along with George Allman. Ken and Mark are taking the day off and hopefully sleeping in. Good Hopefully. morning. Well, maybe they're sitting up right now with a cup of coffee listening to listening us. Listening to Garden Talk. Right. Garden Bicker. Garden Bicker. Garden Bicker. We're going to start we're another show. It. Yes. Rebrand the whole thing, and then I can have my sister call, and we could have family Perfect. bickering. It'll all be great. It'll be great. So it has been warm, and it we see different things at the nursery every week based frequently on weather and patterns that are happening. And this week, we've seen a lot of death <laughs> a lot of dead plants particularly plants in pots at least, you know containers frequently ones in containers right. and and this time of the year it's hard to overwater a plant especially if it's in a container right and and we've seen a number of native or drought tolerant plants that have been recently planted that have been killed off because they're native and or low water and people think that means they don't have to water them well, that's that's what happens. It's a native, right? It it can survive here in the summer without any water. So and, and why true. should I do it? That's true. Once they are established, once they've been in your yard for a period of time, one to two summers right. after they've completed a summer or two in the ground, they are considered established, and so it does happen a lot. And people are worried or afraid to air quotes overwater their natives, so they just don't water, right? And they're going to need regular to semi-regular water through this rest of this summer, and then you can tail off as the weather changes. Um, but then next summer, they're going to need occasional waterings as well. My neighbors have a large area of natives, and I remember when they were planted, the landscaper who was in charge of the project told them not to water them, and the plants looked like they were dying. And I was talking to my neighbor who sort of wanted to listen, but sort of didn't. I was listening to the person that put the plants in. Put the because plants Because they in. know what they're talking about, right? And they weren't going to water because they're natives and they're not supposed to. And it was mulched and everything was done. And the plants looked horrible. The leaves were folded up and shriveled up and, and burning and dropping. And with each passing day, they were dropping off, right? I said, why don't you try watering them? And... Why don't you try watering them was an acceptable way to broach it and to make it happen. And guess what? As opposed to you saying you need to water those plants? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People so my, I guess when you say guess what, the, the, the obvious, result was the is obvious answer is that they started They perked up. Thriving. New, new growth came out. They started looking good. Um, and so while they don't want to be watered every day adequately, um, they do need occasional waterings. And even once they're established – and there are those plants are now established. They've been in for more than ten years, but they look horrible this time of the year. They're dropping leaves as and they if would they, if you went on a hike in a in a canyon somewhere. That's how they look in the summer. But you know what's different hiking in the canyons in the summer? And that was a uh, that was a Mount Woodson hike when I was thunderstruck by this wonderful thought. Is native plants have each other to lean on in nature? They're planted in a group and all the plants are shading each other during right. the different parts of the day 
But when we go home and plant a native garden, usually it's one plant here, one plant here, one plant he's, here. He's moving his hands around the table for those who can't thank see. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and there is not that camaraderie. They're not helping each other out by providing shade to each other during the day. And so they have a greater need in your yard for water than they do in their natural environment. Right. We tend to plant them more as a specimen vice, you know, a, a group of, of native, you know, your backyard looks like a native habitat for most people. It was a it was a huge moment a, for me epiphany. to see that. It was an epiphany. Yes, well, well thank done. you. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm nodding my head in agreement with George for those of you who can't <laughs> see that through your radio as well. But it's a whole it's a whole different situation and should be treated as such. That doesn't mean that they have to be watered every day, but an occasional. The tr- the plants will tell you if you if you get used to, and that's a figurative tell you, not an literal tell you just so you know although some plants do talk and we talked about that last week they scream or something is what the gentleman was telling me but if you get used to what a plant looks like when it's healthy and happy and the leaves have a certain sheen and luster and color and you'll notice changes over time yeah you'll notice if they start drooping if they start curling if they they fold etc they discolor from the sun bleaching them out you'll get an idea that Maybe they need that, that. That's an interesting. We, we tell people when they'll come in sometimes with some leaves, we'll say it looks like it was sunburned. And, and people look at you with their head tilted and, and inquisitive eyes. How can a plant sunburn? Like that cute little dog with its head cocked right. to one side. Yeah. So, well, yes. how, how does a plant sunburn? Why, why, why would you say it's sunburned? Well, because when a plant is drought stressed, it can't handle the sun. There's not enough water basically is. in the cell walls and in the cells to help prevent and it from it, burning. And it cooks them. And we also see that on trunks and limbs, um, the same situation. You have drought stress causing leaves to curl and drop. You have less foliage to protect the branches. And then you get areas of the trees that get sunburned and cooked. Now some, Usually, trees, some trees are more susceptible, like avocado and citrus. And we see it also on stone fruits, right. which is kind of surprising because they usually can handle it. But you, we see whole sections of the upper surfaces of branches. I am turning over the ultra-light <laughs> color portion of my arm, like me, going out and flipping over. Also, we see that from trimming. True. right? If, if you, you trim if during the summer, right. what happens? You can get some sunburn. And as I said, particularly on avocado and citrus is what I see it on. If you trim during this time of the year, you are taking away the portions of the plants that have been facing the sun this whole time and have gotten used to it, and you're exposing the... It's like taking your shirt off for the first time in in July at the beach. You haven't done it all year. I try and, and not take and it you... off, period. But yes, for that reason, if right. you take the outer portions of a tree and trim it off, they are protecting the inner portions. They are the portions, the leaves that are used to the sun and can handle it. And now you're exposing the ultra light skin below that is not used to sun to sun. And that's going to burn right away, just as we are. Exactly. Or and, I am. I'm, well, I'm not trying to ascribe my burning to you. Yeah, I tend to just tan, but you know. Why is, well, anyway, that's a whole different genetic discussion that we don't have to That's my plant about. DNA. Is that your, that's the plant DNA in you? Right, right. All right. Um, So, but going back to water, you know, we talk about the the native plants and and others, and and we talk about this a lot on the show, is that those plants in, that we put in the ground after they're established and can get away with minimal water, that very same plant in a pot 
a large container on your porch or out, you know, on the patio, that, that still needs far more frequent water than if you put that plant in the ground. The, the longer a plant is in the ground and the more established it becomes, the less frequently you will need to water it. The longer a plant is in a container, the opposite is true. The more frequently you will have to water that. So it, it's in a container, regardless of its drought tolerance, it's still going to need to be watered even if it's raining. And and yesterday I was talking to somebody whose drip system was going on for 10 minutes a day. And, or no, actually it was 10 minutes three times a week. And it was not near enough to water. And I said, it's going to need to be increased dramatically. And she looked at me and said, you mean like 15 minutes at a time? Is 15 minutes of a drip system of a true dripper going to make much of a difference? Well, probably not, and we've had this discussion countless times on the radio and in person at this at this, at each of the stores because a lot of folks have the drip systems put in, but they don't quite understand them. And if they have a single emitter or you know two emitters that are putting out a gallon per hour and they're running it for ten minutes, that's one sixth of a gallon. That's a sixth of a gallon, and that's not adequate for a large tree. But they think, well, it's a drip system, and you know I put drip in to save water, so I run it for ten minutes or five minutes, and. Truly, if you're going to have a drip system, it needs to typically, if you're having those little little emitters, run for hours. Can we can we break it down for a little bit? How many quarts are there in a gallon, George? Four. Four. And so one sixth of a gallon is less than a quart of water you're putting on that. Yeah, plant. I usually do it by you know you run it for an hour, you'd get a whole gallon. If you run it for a half hour, you get a half a gallon. If you run it for fifteen minutes, you get a quarter of a gallon, and you're running it for ten minutes, which is less than that. And they, you- they they start tilting their heads, saying, "Oh." Yeah, I guess it's now, not enough, so I should run it for 15 minutes or 20 see, minutes. That's because you're a trained teacher, right? Y- years ago in instructor, a galaxy far, trained far instructor. Away. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm an untrained instructor. <laughs> and that's why I did less than a quart and you broke it down beautifully. Well, it's just to watch their heads as they start, you know, under trying to grasp and then and then they have that they have the epiphany much like yourself. As you indicated, they think, well, I'll just run it for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And, and no, no, no. And it still no. isn't doing and, that. And, 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 it, and more so if that emitter is only on one side of a tree. You know, they have a peach tree. They've got this little emitter on one side. And the first year, it, it kind of thrived or survived. But the next year, when it's bigger and the roots are further out, it may survive, but it doesn't thrive and it starts to decline. And you say, have you checked the other side of the tree, the opposite side of where that emitter is after you've watered? And is there any water there? Is it moist? Is it damp? And, and that's why it's really important when you're first planting to get those emitters right into the basin of the plant because the plant is only drawing moisture from that original root ball. And sometimes people have a, a dripper a foot away from the root ball. It's going to have to run for an hour or two for that water to move a foot over to the root ball and get into it and, and move through it. And then they have to, as that tree matures, move those emitters further out to, to get the entire root ball. So how long do I need to leave it on? Long enough. What, seven Tell and a me half how minutes, many... nine minutes, 13. No, it has to be running long enough to get the drip line, which is the underneath the tree, the canopy of the tree, to a depth of, what do you usually say, two feet is what you typically say? It depends on the plant, but from one to three feet deep right. and from one to six or ten feet wide, yeah, is, depending on the on the size of the, the is drip line. the area that you're going to need to water. So, however long it takes, and it can take hours. a long time. If you're running drip, ice hours, hours. And it might be time to add another dripper or two or three, or get the low volume 
drippers or sprays that will cast a wider shadow so they don't have to... Uh, there are variable emitters, too. You don't have to sit there with a half gallon or one gallon or two gallon per hour. You can put some that can get up to 10 gallons per hour. And that is why we can't generally just say you're going to run it for 10 minutes. Even if we get pressed, it, we still don't have that number. Too many variables. Oh, that was stunning radio. If you would like to give us a call and participate, the number is 888-344-1170. You are listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ, AM and FM, and Praise. We'll be back. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. The garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But of course, it's It's still all right now. Welcome back to Garden Talk here on AM 1170 and KPRZ. If you would like to give us a call, that number is 888 344 1170. 888 344 1170. And you can participate and break this up a little bit. We were talking a lot, almost regularly, about irrigation and watering and how long and how often. And it is highly variable. And it is always an ongoing... It's it's a process, not an event. And as weather changes, the needs change. And it's always... It is always changing. I generally recommend people interact with their timers at least once a month because things are changing that probably even more more often than that. But it's a good You should rule. be observant anyway and get out there and check because you, sprinklers break, heads break, valves leak, and, and you just – timers change. And Something it is happens. The most common cause for failure, especially of new plants, is a lack of water. And we see more of it this time of the year, and we see, see it every year, and it never – never goes away so we are trying to help share but but before you go to that one of the big things we see when with people with drip going back for one moment is i run it for 10 minutes every day or six minutes so they every wet the surface day. like that eighth of an inch right. of, of rather rain. than these plants that can you can benefit from a much deeper watering less frequently so frequently people can get away with using the same amount of water but applying it differently, putting it all into one irrigation so the water right. soaks down deeper and out uh, Across further, the root zone. Across the root zone so it doesn't have to happen as often. So frequently, sometimes you don't even have to increase the amount of water you're putting on the plants. You don't have to increase the bill. But sometimes you do. It's often you yes. Especially in July and August. You do. But now that we've talked about and everybody knows how to water their plants, why don't we switch gears and go to a plant that has totally different watering needs that and mess it all up? doesn't need any, any, any water, so to speak. It's something like an air plant. What's an air plant? A Tillandsia. Now, that was our Wednesday Wisdom this week. So if, you, if you're on Facebook, you can follow those every week. We put something out of interest. I went with Tillandsias this week because I... I put these Wednesday wisdoms together. And generally it's something that I find interesting that I'm 
I want to learn more all, about. All it's about, all about me. All about it is. You, it is it, all George? about me. So it's things that I find interesting. Usually it's insect pests, fruit trees, things of that sort. So this time I said, you know, there are probably people out there that, that don't grow fruit trees and don't have vegetables, and maybe they want something else, houseplant kind of things. And, and so to whereas Lancia's, David would say, to heck with them. Well, yeah, and, and so... You are reaching out to I'm them. I'm reaching out, trying You're to bring them in. Builder. I'm building, bringing these people in. But to land, I do actually have... I have some Tillandsias, and, and when I say some, I mean one type. I have Spanish moss hanging from a pecan tree, and it's thriving. But a Tillandsia is an air plant. There's about 650 species in the genus. That's a lot. That is a lot. So there's a lot of diversity. Some are from desert areas. Some are from rainforests. But they're epiphytes. They tend to grow on anything that they can get their little roots on. They're, um, the seeds are very light. They end up on telephone poles and trees. Uh, but... They work really well as houseplants. Inside or out? Well, I guess houseplants. typically so when you say houseplants, For most of us, inside houseplants, they work very well. My Spanish moss is in a pecan tree, which is outside. I say pecan, you say pecan? I forgot. We had that discussion once. Did we? Yeah. Pecan. Okay. So the pecan tree. However, I think a good pecan pie is what is prepared, but I say pecan. I say pecan as well. So you have Talensias. I do, you and have I've quite kept a them, bit, and I've kept them alive because they're very, very easy. They're low need, low water, and they do kind of take care of themselves because they can pull moisture out of the air, can't they? When it's damp, they're fine. Uh, heat of the summer, you have to water them a little bit, uh, and not much. Now, do you dunk yours? No, you just kind of spray them down with a hose. Do I seem like a, I'm going to take them down out of the tree, put them in a bucket, let them soak, take them out wait, of the wait, bucket? Wait, wait, wait! Before you go any further, no, tree. you don't. You don't. Okay. Don't don't waste of your time. Not. No, thank I, you. Yes, <laughs> I I take a hose and I squirt everything hanging under the tree, which is well. When to, you have large specimens and like my Spanish moss, there's no way I would take that big hanging Spanish moss out of the pecan tree to so I I hit it with a hose periodically. That's what but, I do. But for, for the little, you know, people have them in their home, these little Tillandsias, they, they really do well by dunking them. You just put them in a, in a water for a half hour, pull them out, make sure they dry. That's what our coworkers do at the nursery. They, they dunk them. But I, that's a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work. But if you're, again, in a home where you have four or five little Tillandsias displayed on some kind of mount, you just put them you in water. You don't just take the hose inside and hose I, them down inside? Some people may. I, I, yeah. I would shy against that or shy away from that and put them in a little bucket. But they, do you feed yours? How about that? No, I don't. So they will do better and you can buy, uh, with a little bit of food. We sell a, a, a food that's for bromeliads. Tillandsias in the bromeliad family. It's like pineapples. And we have a food that's tailored for them. I just use fish emulsion, and I dilute a little bit and spray it periodically. I I started. You're looking at me. In your, I am in your looking normal, at you. In your, in your normal, what are you talking about? Voice or but face? For those of you who don't know what that face is, picture the RCA dog, cocking but not its as head cute. to the side. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> I, about four or five years ago, we were. I was helping our Talancia goddess Shirley, who's very good with Talancia. So I was helping her mount some of the Talancias or, or tag them. And when I swept up the floor, there were like six or eight little strands of, of Did Spanish moss. Did you steal moss. pieces of Spanish moss? It was going moss? in the trash. And so this Spanish moss, I hung these little tiny, like three-inch things in this pecan tree. And now it's five, six, seven feet long because I feed them periodically. For those of you who do not know what Spanish moss is, it's the stuff that hangs from trees in humid, warm climates down south and purportedly... Hurricanes come through on occasion to blow the 
Spanish moss out of the trees, off the telephone poles and things like that, and that's why we have hurricanes, purportedly. Exactly. It's science. It's proven. They're actually very pretty, and they look great in... They bloom, they smell good, and Tillandsias have some pretty incredible flowers. flowers. They do, but they're terminal flowers. Uh Uh-oh, what does that mean? That means that the plant dies once it flowers. However... Well, how come I still have plants then? You probably have pups. Oh. Plants that, you know, have developed off of the mother plant. So like the their cousins, the bromeliads, when they bloom, they die. Right. The individual plants do, but new plants come off of the stems, bases, trunks, whatever you want to call Correct. them. Correct. Yes, sir. And so you have colonies. You do. You get a, a big, yeah, a, that's a great way to describe it. Yep, I colonies have. Colonies of plants. An Edithae colony that is probably 20 or 25 years old, still hanging on the piece of cork that I got it on oh so many years ago from Altman's when they were dealing in in those. And it's still hanging in the tree. And the reason I point that out is not to pat myself on the back, but it is... To, to, to tell, show you to how tell actually this what, is George? it shows you how easy it is to grow because if David's had it for this many years, it can't require much care. That is correct. <laughs> that, Thank right? you for summarizing it for <laughs> yes, that is what the, I was trying to convey. So I and, and 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 rightly so, and because they are very easy to grow. And the as I was saying, that Spanish moss that I have, it takes very little care. When the sprinklers go off, there's enough mist that hits them that they don't require a lot of uh, additional care. And you know that that. Rain that we were mocking earlier in the show, talking about the eighth of an inch of rain that the soil received. Um, That's not more the, than, not an eighth of an inch of rain. The moisture but, that right. penetrated an eighth of an inch or less in the soil would be adequate for the tillandsias. They exactly. would that would be fine for those. And and they pull moisture out of the air through their leaves. There's more technical phraseology than that, but their roots are primarily anchoring products and not their sustenance. And, and a lot of people, I, I know that uh, po- folks come in with their with their phones and will show us a picture of how they're mounted. You know, they're mounted on corkboard. They're mounted on, on bark, driftwood. People put them in lava rock, glass displays, and, and myriad ways to do that. And they come in with their Etsy pictures or something or, or Pinterest and say, I, I, do you sell these? We, I want to get some of these. You know what the easy, lazy way to do it is? You throw it in the crotch of a tree. Well, that's even easier and lazier. But... Uh... A wire basket with no moss in it. Just hang the colonies in wire baskets, and the wire baskets breathe. They can't take soil because the soil would hold too much moisture and cause them to rot. But you could hang them out in the air. It's a very easy way to do it. You know, this is a great conversation piece because uh, Capri had purchased one for someone a while back and somehow didn't get it to him in time, and he is here this weekend. And this might be a great time for him to take it back with him as opposed to sitting on the counter and her having to take care of it. So I'm hoping she's listening this morning. Oh, because I was this, wondering This why. is a friendly reminder that that Talancia that you're nursing along that's doing really well can actually go to the owner. Excellent. Yeah. So the so radio show has a purpose today. Oh, good. Helping I, the community. Oh, it's about time. <laughs> um, there are so many. How, you said there was a boatload of species. 650 species. Tiny yep. ones like the Spanish moss that eventually morph into a big colony and enormous ones as well yeah now the one you have is a is, is that the one the red flower that you yes sh- yeah. edithae but i think it's the orange version i'm not sure which it's right. either the orange version of either 
easy. Well, if you're interested in, in, in simple ways to grow, to, to maintain them, it's very easy. Our Facebook page has a Wednesday wisdom for the Garden Talk uh, radio show, and there are four or five easy steps on how to maintain them. Excellent. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. We're going to take one more break, and we'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. The garden party. They all knew my and name. we are back with more no garden talk slash bickering on AM 1170 <laughs> and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with George Allman. Mark and Ken are off relaxing today. I submit to you they are sitting there with coffee listening to the show. Yeah, I submit to you you're wrong. But <clears throat> on that note, why don't we head out to my almost hometown, one block, one block, out to Jamul, California, and speak to Tom. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? Good. I'm doing good. How about you? Great, thanks. Doing well, thank you. How can we help you? Well, I got a. I brought a plant home. Uh, I don't know if it was the soil I planted it in or the plant itself, but it has a bunch of gnats in it, and I believe they call them fungus gnats, and they're spreading to other house plants. I just want to know how to get rid of them. They're in the soil. Oh, well, that's pretty easy, actually. If you swing by the stores, we have a... a- product called mosquito bits which despite the word mosquitoes works really well on fungus gnats it's a bacteria it's a microbial insecticide you sprinkle it on top of the soil water it in and that bacteria will kill the the larvae form that are in the in the soil oh that sounds pretty easy yeah because they're they're flying all around the house now too so and frequently i put out some i put out i put out the uh the traps for uh like bugs, uh, sticky traps, and I've got quite a few for those, but I still haven't got rid of them. You were you went home, you thought you were a hero bringing home a house plant, and then now you have brought fungus right. gnats into the home, and you're not the hero anymore, yes. are you, Tom? Exactly. All right, so um, frequently this is compounded by soil that is being kept too wet. Sometimes people have saucers under the pots that hold water, and then it reabsorbs back into the pot, keeping them wet. That can be a contributing factor to this. Um, but the mosquito bits are the solution regardless. And you might be able to go to Hamul Hardware and get them if you don't want to come to Walter Anderson Nursery in San Diego or Poway. I know it's a little bit closer most likely for you. So Yeah, it's um, right down the street. The, you want the mosquito bits. Can you break cool. up dunks? Right, or? You know, I, I, I've thought about that. I don't know. I would assume so. It's both the same Bacillus thuringiensis strain. It's a, it's a BT strain. It's the I strain. Is, yeah. is, is Raeliensis or something like that? Or Anyway, yeah, it's the I strain of BT. So don't get the... Don't get the K strain, which is used to kill caterpillars. Yeah, don't get the caterpillar strain. Most people okay. will have 
the caterpillar strain for sure. Not everybody has the the mosquito, mosquito strain, right. the eye strain. But that's the one you want. So is to... it is it two different uh, mosquito bits? No, it's one type. It, it's it's gonna it's gonna say okay. mosquito bits on it, and then usually uh, underneath it, it'll say fu- and fungus gnats or something like that. Summit okay, cool. is Summit is the manufacturer of the one we use, and it's a clear jar with a red label on it. Right, Summit, and I, I think that's the one you'll find. And if you can't find it, um, come visit us at either of our stores. Both of our stores have them. Great, I appreciate it. Thanks. All righty, sir. Thanks for the call. Now, those are more prevalent in house plants, even though you can get them outside in in good rich soil. But outside, there are normally predators that help uh, take care of them, which you don't have in the house. You know, I'm giving you that look again because I'm thinking I have a bunch of houseplants hanging outside in my pomegranate tree. And I water them almost every day, and they've been growing and thriving. And these are plants that, had they been inside, would be dead if I were watering them that often. Yeah, outside uh, different, certainly. It's yeah. totally different. It's warm out there. It's brighter but, out there. They need more. What, what the, do you, what's well, the No, this what? is actually a, a great segue. You, you said I have houseplants hanging outside, but they're houseplants. How can they be growing outside? And the reason I say that is I, I, sometimes we'll have people come in with this unique spot on their porch where they want a plant, but it really needs to be more of a, a, a true shade plant. And I say, you know, you can try some of these houseplants here. Well, but those are houseplants. Yes. But you're, you can grow them outside. That's a great point, George. Yeah. You know, somebody might actually take something away from this show that's useful, in addition to Tom and his mosquito bits. Um, most houseplants, if not all of them, do really well outside, as long as you don't give them too much heat and direct sun. They, they thrive in the outdoor shade environment because almost the darkest outside shade is brighter than many of your interior locations, and they still get moisture and, and, and from the air. And all these plants originated outside somewhere. And so they do well outside. They, Are you, know, you sure they didn't start in first early edition caves? Well, with maybe, no light. Maybe some of the fungus. But, okay. But, no, but, absolutely but, correct. They do really, really well. And, and you know, just the same kind of care that you would give them if they were inside. Uh, maybe a little bit more water if they're getting extra heat. But that's uh, it. And then you have to protect them from frost. If they're, in, you know, if it's not a sheltered spot, you may have to bring them in in the winter. But otherwise, they will be fine. That is correct. And I would submit to you most outdoor shady locations are under a canopy or a roof, which would protect them from frost in most situations. And I agree. Absolutely. So, so it does do well. And, you know, a really good outdoor ground cover house plant for shade is spider plants. Have you ever yes. tried that? Yes. They do well. And they, they will thrive. And they require very little care. They have fleshy roots that holds water so they can tolerate some drought. Mm-hmm. And they send out their little spidery. And their little white flowers, tiny little yes. flowers that come out. I and thought you were putting out your, you look like you're about to take a sip of tea with your pinky that's up. My, that's my. That's your little little spider plant flower. Well, that's my spider in a bad hand that's been damaged in Stuff. Oh, I didn't yeah. mean to make fun of that. Sorry. That's all right. No, that's fine. But that's okay. my spider plant flower symbol. Okay, it's small. So, it's very this small. This is the symbol for spider plant. And for those of you who do not know what the spider plant is, it's the little green and white leafed plant <laughs> that sends it, out. It's like a grass. It's more grassy it than leaf. Yes. And why do they call it a spider plant? Because the daughters that come out. Well, it looks like a spider. All those the all the leaves that come out that hang or the fronds may be a better word. I was going to say the leaf stems that the new right. plants start off of. Yeah. Is they, that what you mean? Yes, they look like little spiders dangling off the plant. Okay. Now can we get back to you, where I wanted to be? You can go wherever you wish, yes. Okay. You're driving. Am I? 
Um, I want to go to talk citrus for a moment. I know, and not just because we're doing a class on it today, but the citrus leaf miner has made a strong appearance (laughs) in Southern California. And it usually shows up from mid to late May until until the end of October, November-ish, yes. And a lot of people use the pheromone traps. And the pheromone traps are functional, have a useful life expectancy of approximately... 90 days, and they do two things for you. They attract the males, and they get stuck in there, so you reduce the populations of males to impregnate the females, and therefore you reduce the uh, number of eggs that might be laid on your trees, but it's a mitigating step. It's not a panacea. It doesn't stop it. And case in point is we have uh, a bunch of them set right now on all of our citrus, but my, my one of my trees, my wikiwa, is our wikiwa is covered in citrus leaf miter despite seven traps in the neighborhood. But the other thing it does for you is it's an indicator. It's a visual. You can go out there and look, and if you see all those specks, you can start spraying to kill off the moth itself. That's not where I was headed with this. I know, I know. Where was I headed with this? So because it's 90 days on that trap, if you put them in in May at the early part of this, it's time to replace those traps. Okay, that's where I was headed with this. Thank you very much, Mr. We have some time. I'm trying to help. I appreciate it. And, you know, not everybody's going to be able to come to the class, so this is to help them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's what I want. It's been about 90 days, so if you're using the pheromone trap as your control or your indicator... It's probably time to think about replacing it because we're getting close to the 90 days. Is that is that? That's where we're going. Now, you and I probably didn't get them out in May because I think I got mine out in the latter part of June. So I still have a little bit of time. Where's mine? Oh. Where, are my, where are my traps? Are they in the shed or in the garage? Garage. Okay. I still have not deployed. It's been so two have, years. So, so when, you, when you set those up, you still have 90 days from that date. You're okay. I'm okay if I decide. You know, I don't have too much of a problem because I have been giving my citrus maintenance watering is not thriving watering, so there's not a lot of new growth on them. So I don't have much of a citrus leaf miner problem this year. That's t- that's taking uh, lemons and making lemonade right there. Yeah, Thank you. Well done. Thank you very much. That, wow. So anyway, um, that is, they like the new growth. And they we do. have the some, tender some trees with new age. growth at the nursery that... Um, have leaf miner on it so we'll be able to show you if you come to the class what are the classes today again please remind me certainly down in san diego at nine o'clock it is going to be uh olivia teaching a class on plumeria care and up in poway it's david and i doing citrus at 9 30 9 30 citrus in poway and plumerias which is always in a very very full and crowded class at 9 a.m at the walter anderson nursery in san diego point loma so you of, might want to get there a little earlier. I would think you would want to do that to get a parking space, a cup of coffee, and to enjoy the class. Although I'm sure it's not going to be that crowded. They're going to have to um, space out a tiny bit, right? Absolutely. And if you would like to listen to George and David bicker some more, if you have not heard enough, come to Walter Anderson Nursery in Poway and listen. Uh, and we will have something important to share with you. You have been listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. Auto Talk is coming up next. Have a great week and weekend, everybody, and we'll be back again next week with another hour of Garden Talk here. Take care. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. 
Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery.